0: Hello everyone, and again, what a privilege to be sharing God's Word with you today. Today, I'm super excited to be able to launch our three-week sermon series that we've entitled Better Together, where we're going to be unpacking the power, the privilege, and the priority of being the gathered people of God whether that means that you are online, as many of you are and will need to be for some time to come, or whether you're gathering together with some others in your home, participating together and maybe getting a Brian together after this. Or maybe you're one of the lucky ones joining in with those common ground congregations who are now returning to in-person gatherings in one of our many congregational venues. Really, which you are is not our focus today, but that we are, prioritizing gathering together. Now that's what we're going to be speaking about and talking about today and recently I realized just how much I was missing in-person meetings when I unexpectedly started crying in the most random place in a movie that I was showing my kids. I'm not sure if you remember the movie Avatar, but we recently introduced our kids to it. And, and, and it's the one with the big blue people, you know. Now, if you don't know the story of it, it's, it's really about a US Marine, his name's uh, Jake Sully, that has lost the use of his legs in the war. And now he signs up for this avatar program, a military program out on this planet called Pandora. And, and his mind gets fused into the body of one of these big avatar creatures on this planet so that he can be a, a soldier, and I wanna show you the scene where he goes into this new body uh, with his mind for the first time and, and he walks again for the first time after being paralyzed for a few years. It's just two minutes. Uh, we're gonna watch it together. And then I wanna show you or tell you why this brought me to tears. normal. How you feeling, Jake? Hey, guys. <laughs> Welcome to your new body, Jake. Good. We're gonna take this nice and easy, Jake. And touch your thumb to your fingers? Yeah. Thumb to your fingers. No problem. That's good. I can see you can remember that one. Got it. Well, if you want to sit up, that's fine. Okay, good. Just take it nice and slow, Jake. Good. Okay, well, no truncal attacks here. That's good. Are you feeling lightheaded or dizzy at all? Uh-huh. Are you wiggling your toes? Good. Good, Jake. <laughs> Distal motor control is good. Good. Are Jake. you feeling any numbness or pain? That's great, Jake. Hold on now, Don't take it right easy. Now. Don't get ahead of yourself, okay? There's a few more sensory motor reflex tests we need to run to take it easy. Uh, uh. Wait.
1: Jake. Sit down, Wait. Jake,
0: listen to me. Whoa. Right. I need you to sit down. Jake, it's okay. buddy, listen to me so good i got this jake, you need to sit down cool. cool. guys getting back on the gurney now me. Cool. if cool. you, you need to sit down you have to, you need time to adjust to the sit down. Yeah. jake sit in sit in a thousand milligrams of succulent yeah, guys guys whoa whoa by the number jake jake listen to me on. you're not used to your avatar body this is dangerous this is great jake. Well, come on they're gonna put you out Jake, listen to me <laughs> Oh. Oh. Down. No 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 I gotta get out of these leads. Good bring that control. Oh come on, you ain't got no skills. Yes. Oh, oh I don't even have to play defense on. Hey guys. Oh. Hey, it's okay, I'll get him. Jake, you have to come! Jake! Back. Jake, back. excuse me. Hello. Oh, sorry. I'm supposed to be running. <laughs> oh, jeez. Sorry. Watch it. <laughs> that just a great clip now you know what made me cry about that when I watched it It was that I immediately thought that's gonna be me as soon as they say that we can go back to Sunday meetings in person I can imagine I'm gonna be just like Jack uh, Jake in his his new body and and I want to push past all the restrictions and and I'll just be one of those people who wants to get out and just let me run because this is what I'm made to do. This is what I love to do. Let me get stuck in. Let me feel the community sand between my toes, right? You saw the expression on his face and the joy he found in that. And I know that not everyone is able to be meeting in person just yet. And for some congregations, it may be a while yet because of your uh, venue challenges. And for some people, it may be a while yet for health risk reasons. But guys, can I encourage us? Let's not let these COVID challenges get the better of us. Let's continue to gather however we can for now. And I want to say well done to you if you've stuck to gathering with us online week in and week out. And well done to you if you're a parent and you've had to rally the kids every Sunday and you've made it happen. Because I actually believe that there is a war going on. A war that many of our people in this season might not even be aware of. A war for very important territory in our lives. The territory of whether or not you and I will continue to consistently and faithfully form part of the weekly gathered people of God. And I think that we need to ask ourselves, will this COVID season make us by helping us freshly realize just how important this element of our spiritual lives is? Or are we going to let this COVID season break us and see us retreating out of these important spiritual collective rhythms Recently, PJ, who leads the advanced movement of churches that we're a part of, he was chatting to some of us leaders. And he said that he believes that this COVID season is something of a God-given kryptonite that has pushed churchgoers into a place of decision about whether they will stand and fight for being God's gathered people or whether they're going to give in to the three big traps of our world today. He mentioned consumerism, individualism, and hedonism. Those are all big words for just saying my appetites on my terms for my pleasure. And he went on to actually tell us of a prophetic dream that someone had in their church that I clearly think is actually for the church globally, including ours. And the picture this person had, the prophetic dream they had was of a a couple on a dance floor. And they were dancing so nicely to this beautiful, slow, lovely song, And you could see that they were enjoying themselves. But then the DJ changed the song and the couple stopped dancing and they started talking to each other. And you could clearly see that they were deciding in that moment whether they would leave the dance floor or would they change the way that they were dancing. And I believe that this is a beautiful prophetic picture of what many of us are feeling at this time. The music of our lives has changed. The rhythms are different. But what does that mean for us? Will we give, on, give up on what we've been doing regularly and faithfully? Will we press through? Will we adapt? Will we change? Will we keep dancing? Common Ground Church, I wanna say, let's keep dancing because I really believe that this is worth fighting for and that this call to being God's gathered people must be stronger than any other Sunday options we might find ourselves having. And I believe that this call to being God's gathered people must be stronger than just giving in to our Sunday feelings of laziness or or leisure, And I believe that this call to being God's gathered people must be stronger than just saying, hey, online isn't really working for me anymore. This privilege, this powerful moment, this priority of being God's people, His gathered people must be stronger than any of that. John Mark Comer says, discipleship must be stronger than cultural formation. Loyalty to Christ must be stronger than compromise and comfort. And we, what we are doing as the people of God must be stronger than the new cultural onslaught of our time and even the complexities of this COVID season. This must be stronger than all of that. Let's not just slide off the dance floor of spiritual community, right? It's way too special and it's way too important for our spiritual flourishing, It's why people in rural Africa are willing to walk for hours to join their church on Sunday. It's why people in the underground church in China are willing to risk imprisonment and hefty fines. It's why people in, in so many persecuted countries around the world risk their very own lives to come together as God's people. It's what God's people have always done and what they will always do because we are first fruits people. As the people of God, we give God our first and our best. We give Him the first of our day, the start of our day to personally putting Him first in our, in our lives, and our quiet times. We give Him the first percentage of our money to build His kingdom and, and not ours. We give Him the start of our week by gathering together collectively, enjoying His presence and adding our voices to the collective choir of Christians. All around the world, worshiping King Jesus together we sit under the teaching of his word and we allow it to firstly and foremostly shape our lives and form us and we start our weeks by getting refueled and re envisioned as the people of God so that we can go out into the world and and live as he would have us live because we don't want to be those that Hebrews 10 verse 25 calls us not to be those who neglect meeting together do we so this is what we're gonna be looking at over these next three weeks. And I'm not sure about you. I'm not sure if you can remember uh, at the beginning of the year, we started speaking about this a key verse that informs what it means to be an apprentice of Jesus and to practice the way of Jesus. Matthew 4, verse 19, where Jesus calls his disciples to himself and he says this, follow me and I will make you fishes of men. And in that verse is found three foundational tenets of our discipleship. Firstly, follow me. That speaks of his desire for us to be with him and enjoy him in his presence. Secondly, I will make you. That speaks of how he wants to make us into his likeness. That spiritual formation. And then thirdly, fishes of men. That's how he would send us out with his agenda into the world. That's all about mission. And over these three weeks, we're going to be looking at how each of these important elements of our apprenticeship to Jesus is greatly strengthened and made possible in unique ways when we faithfully and joyously gather as the people of God week in and week out. And today we're going to start with that first one, the presence of God, the presence of God, the important dynamic of being with God and more importantly, God being with us. And I hope that if you're just looking in today, that you'll get a greater understanding of why we Christians believe that it's so important for us to gather. And maybe even you'll experience something of the presence of God for the first time, right where you are. And personally, I would hate for this to just be an academic exercise, right? So I wanna wanna pause right now for a moment and I wanna invite God's presence right here, where we are, where you are, met in your home or your lounge or with others or in a venue. I wanna ask God to meet with us now. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we we pause in this moment right where we find ourselves today. And we say, won't you come and meet with us? Won't you come and meet with us as we, your people, gather together at this specific time? We stop the rest of our lives. We pause and we say we desire to be your people gathered to you, our God. And we invite you to presence yourself as you have done for hundreds and thousands of years amongst your people, even right now as we are gathered in your name. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the joy of knowing you intimately and personally. Thank you for the power of your presence and how it shapes and forms our lives and and sends us into all that you have for us. God, we welcome your presence amongst us as your gathered people in this very moment. All across the city of Catana and beyond, God, we welcome your presence into our midst. Come and be glorified amongst us. Amen. Amen. Now, what we're going to do today is we're going to take a sweep over the whole of the Bible and we're going to see how God's presence is uniquely and powerfully experienced when God's people uh, do gather together to him. And yes, I I think it's true. We all do know that we can be with God wherever we are because God is everywhere, right? We know that about Him. And God's promised that He's never gonna leave us, forsake us. So He's always there despite us. He's always there. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm 139 that there is nowhere we can go to flee from His presence. But we've got to hold that reality of God being everywhere in tension with what Scripture speaks about as another reality. That there are some places where God makes His presence more known, more clearly and more powerfully. Because all throughout Scripture, we see that God is longing to presence Himself amongst His people. Starting right at the beginning in the garden with Adam and Eve. We see, say, it says there that he, he spoke with them in the garden and he walked with them. This is such a great picture of relationship and the beauty of being in God's presence. It's, it's a walk and it's a talk and it's, it's being with him. But then obviously we know terribly Adam and Eve, they fall into temptation and sin. And What's the first consequence? It says they hid themselves from God's presence. What do we learn in the garden? We see that it's people's rebellion that chooses other things other than God that leads them to separation from his presence. John Tyson in this great book that I'm currently reading of his called Beautiful Resistance says the following. He says, the central thing the church is designed to be is a place for his presence. Many of the things that we think about when we think about God's law, sacrifice, priests, and theological confessions were never intended to play the central role they have come to play in our faith today. From the very beginning, God's purpose and passion was to be present with his people. Genesis opens with God in a garden, walking with humanity in the cool of the day. Beautiful to think about, isn't it? Secondly, then, we can go to see how God's presence meets with God's people on Mount Sinai. All the Israelites are gathered. The people had just been rescued from Egypt. But God, with, uh, uh, with these powerful plagues, had made Himself known. But now this is the first time that He comes and He presences Himself with His people. Exodus 19 tells us the story from verse 17. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace and the whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and the voice of the Lord, God answered him. Can we see as the Israelites gather and they they wait on God, what happens? God shows up and God speaks and God does exactly that today. As the people of God gather to Him in His presence, He shows up in power and He speaks often in wonderful ways that leave us different and, and leave lives changed. I'm sure that we can all think of times where we've been with God and His people and and we've experienced His touch in our lives in a special way. Over my 20 years here at Common Ground, I can think of hundreds of times that I've seen these types of moments happen in our gatherings. I can remember many years ago, just holding Roger Haynes. At the time, he was this young, dope-smoking design student. And he just wept in my arms after this time of worship. Uh, when we were gathered together, we God had clearly touched his heart. He's now leading our Bloberg congregation. I can remember praying with a desperate couple who were not able to fall pregnant at one of our gatherings and they came forward and then weeks, maybe a month or two later, hearing the great report that they were pregnant God had chosen in one of our gatherings to touch them and provide for them. And there's so many stories just like this. And we all know God can show up when we're on our own, right? That's true. But I think it's even more true, way more often in Scripture and in my own life, that God rocks up when we are together as His people. He rocks up in powerful ways and He speaks. I've experienced this even in some of our online services, especially some of our Zoom prayer meetings over the lockdown. Those have been beautiful moments when the presence of God is is clear to us and, and evident to us. Even electronically, when we're gathering together, God still chooses to presence himself in a concentrated and powerful way amongst us. Moses knew that the presence of God was very important for his people. I just love how Moses says in Exodus 33, and I really wanna trust that this would be true of my life too. Verse 15, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favour in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct and your people, I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth? Moses knows that it's his presence, God's presence that marks us as his people. And I pray, I pray this for common ground, that we would be marked by the presence of God in a way that others know that we are distinct and set apart. And that marking happens as we come together and that marking happens as we go out into the world. We are a people marked by the presence of God. As we keep moving through Scripture then, we can see God's presence next shows up powerfully and wonderfully in the tabernacle, also known as the tent of meeting. God is no longer just kind of sporadically coming down on the mountain for a short moment. No, God has now made a chosen dwelling place to be amongst His people. And we see in Numbers 11, what happens where where God chooses to presence Himself. The pastoral leadership burden of all the people has become too heavy for Moses. So in verse 16, God says to Moses, gather for me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them and bring them to the tent of meeting and let them take their stand there with you. And I will come down and, I, and talk with you there. And I will take some of the spirit that is on you and I will put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you do not bear it yourself alone. Moses does as he's told, right? And what do we see? We see the spirit that rests on him coming to rest on them. And they all start to prophesy. And it's still the same today. As we gather together, we see God meet with us and speak to us and empower us as his people. Leadership gifts are recognized, empowered, and, and distributed by the spirit, And on this point, I think it's so important for us to realize that all the verses about prophecy and the public spirit empowerment moments and ministry, all of those things in the New Testament only have their context within the gathering of the church, life groups, Sundays, prayer meetings. That's the playing field for these things to be operational and outworked. That's where the action happens. And these gifts get the opportunity to be displayed. And to be honest, over this lockdown period, this is one of the things that I personally have missed the most. Spiritual gifts and the priesthood of all believers where others are able to contribute and add in being at work in our midst. And as many of our congregations are starting to go back to in-person gatherings, I think we need to make sure that we make more room for spiritual gifts to be at work in our gatherings. Maybe to be more at work within your life group, even if you're still meeting online with life group, maybe the opportunity for those gifts to be more displayed, prioritized, and given room to operate. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. There's so much room for this already. Because when God's people gather, the Spirit empowers ministry and ministers. Moving on then, we see next in Scripture how God's presence moves from the tabernacle over time into the temple that gets built in Jerusalem, right? And I'm not sure about you. I can't even say that word without adding an A to the end and wanting to sing it. Jerusalem, right? Now, it's just it's just taking the world by storm. But we know that Solomon builds the temple, a building of great majesty and glory in the whole known world at the time. And the temple becomes this new permanent dwelling place for God's presence amongst his people no more tent no more moving around God is honored in the beauty and the permanence of the temple and God's people were delighted to be going together to gather to God in the temple we see this in Psalm 122 and verse 1 where it records their joy and their delight it says I rejoice with those who said to me let us go to the house of the Lord but unfortunately it doesn't stay that way and again, we come back to the lesson of the garden. Unfortunately, the Israelites, because of their, their idolatry and choosing their own way and choosing to not prioritize God, eventually God allows the temple to be, to be destroyed by the Babylonians and, and his rebellious people to be carried off into exile, which once again means to be separated out from his presence. He didn't want them to be there. He was so committed to being with Him. So what we see in the next move of God's presence is the greatest gift of His presence amongst His people comes in Jesus. John 1 verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Do you know that that word dwelt is actually the kind of same Greek word that means to spread His tent or to tabernacle amongst us? that we find in Exodus 40, Jesus, Jesus was the new tabernacle. He was God amongst us and he wanted his people to gather to him. He says, come on, come to, come to me, all of you, all of you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Come to me and I will make you fishes of men. Christ is the ultimate example of the lengths that God would go to see us united with the Father. And able to enter his presence. Still today, the gathering of the church is still one of the places that many people come to explore and understand the Christian faith and to decide what they believe about this message of this powerful person, Jesus, the God man, come to us. And I think by far the majority of people would most probably have to say that it was in some form of gathering of Christians where their hearts were first pierced by the truth of God's word. And the presence of God was first made real in their lives and they experienced Jesus for the first time and chose to respond to him. And still today when we gather his presence is felt and people bow the knee to King Jesus for the first time. He convicts us of sin and he reminds us of his grace. And he calls us to himself more and more. Isn't that beautiful? So in this sweep of Scripture, we, we see Jesus moving. Uh, we see God moving, His presence in, in the garden. We see it in the tabernacle. We see it on Mount Sinai. We see it uh, in the temple. But then we also see, after Jesus goes, we see His Spirit coming. And His presence is now coming amongst His people through the Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Listen to how Acts 2 speaks about the first time that this happens. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and it divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. Do you see the resemblance between that and God coming down at Mount Sinai that we read about earlier? These descriptive images of wind and fire are very similar. Because the Spirit is now God's presence amongst His people. Alive and at work within us. Counseling us and guiding us. Comforting, empowering us all individually. But also actively at work when we gather. Healing, speaking, encouraging, giving gifts. For the upliftment and the edification of the body of Christ, the gathered people. That's why Jesus was able to speak about his promise of his presence with such confidence that whenever we gather in his name, what happens? Matthew 18, For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Holy Spirit is present and at work amongst us as we gather. And then lastly, in our sweep of scripture, we also know that this is not, The ultimate destiny. The ultimate destiny is God's presence eternally with His people. Revelation 21 verse 1 tells us about it. It's a hearty, beautiful picture. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God In Genesis, we saw God's presence in paradise lost. But here in Revelation, we see God's presence in paradise fully regained. This is what we have to look forward to. God fully presencing himself continuously and eternally with us, his people. And do you know what? Every time that we gather as God's people today and we welcome his presence amongst us, we're displaying a prophetic picture of an age to come. So I hope that we can see that from the Garden of Eden to Mount Sinai, to the tabernacle, to the temple, to Jesus himself and the coming of the Holy Spirit all the way through to how things will be one day and forever. It's clear that God longs to presence himself among his gathered people. He longs for us to worship him. He longs for us to experience the joy of enjoying him. He longs for us to know that He is our God and for us to know that we are His people. And He presences Himself amongst us most powerfully when we gather in His name. This is what we can see from Scripture. And I believe that if we want to take Him seriously and if we want to participate in what He is doing, then that should mean that we should do everything we can in all of our lives to prioritise these important moments together. On Sunday, all together online or in person or in life groups or in homes, daily in our families and in our personal lives. I love the way John Tyson puts it. When he says this, he says, every time we gather as the church on a Sunday, we are making a public statement to the world around us that we can't be bought. That this is not up for grabs in my life. This is who I am. I am part of the people of God. And this is what we do. We gather as the people of God. And I recognize today that I'm preaching to the choir here, right? You've gathered, well done. And let's keep at it. But I wonder who in your community circles could you be calling back into community? Calling back into gathering in whatever form and way you gathering. Recently, we called some of our friends personally that we knew weren't doing the online thing so much. And maybe in a sense, it drifted away a bit. And we said, hey, come over, let's do church online together and let's bri. And we had a rich time together of just being together. And they actually said at the end of the time together that they'd been missing this element. And they realized that they'd been missing out. Who's God laying on your heart to do with that today? And once you invite them, once you reach out to them, God through scripture has again and again showed us that he desires to be with us, his gathered people. May we evidence again and again, Sunday after Sunday, our desire to be the gathered people that he can be among. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, As we've spoken about these matters, we recognize that there are so many competing agendas and so many competing voices. God, we recognize that that is true in all of our lives. We recognize that there's a mountain calling our name. There's a beautiful city that we can play in. We recognize, God, that family, such a beautiful and brilliant value that you've called us to, God. Uh, That that, that family wants to be prioritized and Sunday can feel like a good day for that. But I ask, God, that you would give us a greater understanding of why gathering as your church is so important for us. God, that we may be your people, that we may be formed into your likeness, that we may be those who are about your business primarily. God, won't you cause this to be a big rock that we place first in our lives? May we be a first fruits people and give you the first of our week and the first of our day and the first of our money. May we be a people who participate as the church throughout the ages has done as your gathered people called together to worship you and to sit under the teaching of your word, called to be community, to need each other in our lives. God, I pray that this would be a fresh revelation by your spirit to everyone that is listening and even to those who are not. God, won't you call us together as your people that we may honor you and live for you and be about your business. We pray this in your beautiful name. Amen, amen. Bless you guys, cheers.